So we're in session four um, on healing, and uh, we're going to look at this. Uh, just picked up this off the table, coping in shaky times. Uh, we've just been up in Europe, in the UK, in fact. Wow, talk about a nation that's been shaken. We were there for uh, those London terror attacks, the Manchester bombing, the Tower fire, and uh, that is a nation being shaken. And uh, I think a lot of nations are being shaken right now. You know, it's volatile, this whole thing with North Korea. You know, is this volatility, this shaking going on. And um, when, when nations turn away from God, God lifts his hand of protection off them. And so, you know, when you're following the Lord um, as a nation or you, you're following Judeo-Christian roots like the Western world once did, um, you know, there's blessing, there's favor, there's protection. But when you, you thumb your nose at God, you're left to your own devices. And so sort of seeing in the UK that happen and, and may not be quite the same here at the moment, but um, shaky times are afoot. So this message is how to cope. Because uh, part of what we feel is the prophetic ministry is that um, we, we prophet, the prophetic should encourage people not to be shaken, not to be disturbed, but to know how to stand firm um, in the evil day. So there's a couple of messages there, turning lost to gain. If, if loss strikes you, you lose a loved one, you lose a relationship, you lose health, you lose something, how you can turn that to gain. Uh, powerful teaching from Psalm 23 and also keys to supernatural provision. Um, so do check that out. Um, and then, um, of course, there's our book. I know some of you might have got that, Afterlife. It's our story of uh, losing our spouses, God healing us. God bringing us together, and then the rest of the book is really what happens to the person that dies. So, you know, what happens at the point of death? There's a chapter on that. What is heaven like? There's a whole chapter on that, including a little bit on uh, what happens to babies that die, like aborted, miscarried, children that die young. What happens to them? Because, you know, we're in churches. That we, there's so many, um, you know, we, we keep encountering in lots of churches people that have lost little kids, lost babies, and, you know, it's a sadness in their life. Um, but there's something in that chapter on what is heaven about that just addresses that. So um, that's a really good thing. And then we talk about the resurrection because we're all going to be raised from the dead. And you're going to have a resurrection body that is going to be awesome. It's like Pastor Don's going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can, he, he is. He's just like, you know, I know you look like a, you're rippling now, Don. I, I, but yeah, it's just going to be amazing. Or maybe Arnie will look like Pastor Don. Who knows? I mean, you know. Anyway, uh, so there's a whole chapter on your resurrection body, what it's going to be like, what you can do. And then we talk about Judgment Day. Um, and uh, Judgment Day for the believer. We're all going to face one, believers and unbelievers. Uh, we'll all face a Judgment Day. But for the believer, it's very different to the non-believer. So we talk about the difference. And then we talk about the new earth and the new heaven. Because uh, this one, God's going to create a new one. And we're going to be on it with him. And um, we talk about maybe what some of the things we'll be doing in that new earth. Um, so we're getting great feedback. And if you know somebody that's lost a loved one, can you get them this book? It will really minister to them. If you've lost someone yourself. Or if you just want to know more about what's on the other side, what's in eternity, then that's a great book. Love to give that one away. Anyone you would like it. Wow. Uh, the, Oh, sorry, the lady in black behind, she was so enthusiastic. The lady in black. 
you're going to hand it. Oh, bless you. Okay. I thought, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Can someone grab me another one off the table? I'm going to give you one. Is that right? Yeah, because that's so gracious. That's so nice. And we got more in the box underneath. So, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. That's great. It's fun to give. It's fun to give stuff away. And uh, so there you go. Bless you. You haven't got a copy already, have you? No, enjoy the read. All right, Jesus heals today. Luke 6, 18. They'd come to hear him and to be healed. And Jesus cast out many evil spirits. The end has been missing from the Western church, but the Lord is putting it back in. And uh, Jesus saw healing as a sign pointing to salvation and forgiveness. He healed a man on a mat, and he said, so that you know I have authority to forgive sins, get up and walk. So Jesus saw healing um, not as an end in itself, but, you know, obviously he has compassion, wants us free of sickness, but he also saw these things validate who I am. I'm the Savior. I'm the Messiah. The early church saw it the same way. Uh, They really went after healing. When they were threatened by the Pharisees and told to stop preaching about Jesus, they had a prayer meeting in Acts 4. And I think it's around verse 23, 24. They pray, Lord, grant your servants boldness to speak your word whilst you stretch out your hand to heal the sick in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And so they prayed uh, for boldness. They prayed for healing. And I think they had a priority. And if you read the book of Acts, they certainly saw it. And so... God is restoring back the healing ministry of the church today. How many believe that the last day's church is going to be more glorious than the early church? And I think in parts of the world, we're seeing it already. The church is exploding in places like China, in Africa, in um, South America. And a lot of it where it's exploding is because of healings, deliverances, signs, and wonders. And the Western world would have been a little slow to catch up, but something is happening, something's shifting. And when you go after something, you get it. So, you know, part of what Greta and I feel is we want to go after healing. We want to teach people how to do that. Uh, we want to really push the boundaries, and we want to see more in this area. So I pray that your faith will be elevated today. Let's look. Uh, we want to have a good theology on healing, and for that to be, we just need to look quickly at the origin of sickness. Would you agree that there was no disease when God created the earth? Because he saw that everything was very good. Is that right? Disease isn't very good, so there could not have been any disease in the Garden of Eden. But of course, Adam and Eve rebelled, they fell, and now uh, because of that fall, there are a number of causes of sickness, and one of them is living in a fallen world. And microscopic organisms, there would have been millions of them that God created along with all the things that you can see. Some of them have altered genetically because of the fall and over time. Instead of being beneficial, they've become disease producing. Not only that, the moment Adam and Eve sinned, death came on them. So deterioration began to set in genetically. Adam lived for 930 years, which is nearly a thousand years. Can you imagine living for a thousand years? Like, I wouldn't want to do that right now, uh, you know. But, but Adam was still, even though he had fallen, and I guess Eve lived a similar time, even though he had fallen, he still was close to genetic perfection. 
And so because of that, it took nearly a thousand years for him to die. And, and if you look at a lot of that generation before the flood, they're living eight, nine hundred years. And then after the flood, the age comes down. In fact, the Lord set a limit on age of 120. And, and most people don't even make it to that. And so you can see that living in a fallen world, has, there's a lot of disease caused by faulty genetics in human beings. It's a lot caused by microscopic organisms as well. This is a result of the fall. Then number two, Satan can afflict people with sickness. Jesus healed a lot of people by casting out demons. Remember there was a woman bent over, and you know, she probably had some condition of the spine, but there was an interplay between the demonic and, and the physical. And, uh, and Jesus cast a spirit of infirmity out of her, and she straightened up. And he said, you know, should not I have... This, this woman has been bound by Satan these 18 long years. You know, when you've been battling a sickness for year after year, those years are long. And I'm not saying all disease is demonic. I'm not saying all disease is satanic, but some clearly is. Job was afflicted by Satan with boils. So, oh, well, there's a medical condition about boils. We understand that. Well, yeah, there's a medical uh, part of it, but Satan instigated it so some diseases, you know, we, we struck a lady in Brunei. Brunei is sort of in Asia. It's a Muslim nation. And uh, we were at an Anglican church there, and we were doing this healing service. And um, this lady comes forward, and she says, to, could you pray for me? I said, what's, we said, what's the problem? She said, I cannot stand the touch of water on my body. It burns me like acid. I mean, like, Water is neutral, isn't it? It's like neutral pH. It's pH 7, or it should be, in most water supplies. And um, it shouldn't burn like acid. And so we realized that was weird. That's demonic. And so we, uh, we commanded a spirit of affliction to leave her. And, and we cast that demon out, and we prayed for healing. You know what? She came back the next day. She said she'd had the first. She, she could only stand a damp rag on her body to wash herself down poor woman and she'd been able to have a bath you know god had set her free so it was clearly demonic and um uh, i'm going to tell this story uh, we were up in just north of birmingham and uh, greta had this word of knowledge uh we were doing an encounter night and we were just praying over people there's lots of words of knowledge for healing greta had this word about somebody having a faulty eyesight in, in an eye, in an eye, not both eyes, in an eye. Blurred vision was the word. Blurred vision in one eye. And immediately a lady gets healed. Like she's been a whole year and she's like got a dark spot in front of her, one of her eyes. I think it was her right eye. And she couldn't hardly see out that eye. The, the, the experts didn't know what it was. She just got instantly healed. She got free. And there was another woman there who had blurred vision in her right eye. And when we released the word and prayed, suddenly her vision got worse and it went to her other eye as well. So she comes back Sunday morning and she tells us what's happened. Now, when you pray for a condition and it gets worse, guess what's at play? It's a demonic spirit. It's a demonic spirit. It's clear evidence. Or if pain moves around the body when you're praying, like jumps from your right foot to your left foot, that's just demonic. And so we, we just, okay, we're going to pray. And so we broke the power of a spirit of blindness. We commanded it to come off her, stop afflicting her. Then we prayed for healing, and both eyes were completely healed. 
She could just sing clearly. And uh, so the demonic is real. And, uh, they, you know, when you go to India and places like that, it's all in your face. They're really good at hiding in the West because we're supposed to be so sophisticated, not believe in all that stuff. But they're there afflicting people. So sometimes sickness can be caused by demonic power. And we have authority to break it. Then poor lifestyle, if we disregard rules for healthy lifestyle, like uh, improper diet, exercise, uh, rest. You know, that if we don't get the right amount of exercise, um, you know, if you're going to eat Big Macs all your life, then you're going to be asking for trouble. Um, you know, if, you, if you're eating sweeties all the time, and uh, uh, then that could be really bad for you. And um, But it's like, you know, there's always... You can have um, occasional treats, but normally we're just meant to live a healthy lifestyle, and there's a whole lot of literature out there on what that looks like, so don't disregard rules for healthy life. So actually, Greta's got a wonderful seminar on called Good Health for Life, uh, which is really revealing and very helpful. Number four, God. There are rare times. I wish this wasn't in the Bible, but it is. And to be, uh, to be real, I have to include it. There are rare times when God does send sickness as a judgment for wrongdoing. Uh, Numbers 12, Miriam was struck with leprosy for a week because she rebelled against Moses' leadership. Acts 12, 23, Herod was accepting worship as a God and God struck him with an intestinal disease. Revelation 2, 20, there was a, a woman prophet in one of the churches there that was teaching it was okay to commit sexual immorality, to worship idols because grace covers it all anyway. And Jesus said, if she doesn't stop doing that, I'm going to throw her on a bed of sickness. So this does happen. But I don't believe God is sitting up in heaven just throwing sickness at people. In fact, this is what I believe. I believe the vast majority of sickness in the earth is reasons one to three. In fact, I'd go so far as to say 99% of all sickness in the world is reasons one to three. I think four is incredibly rare, but it does happen, and it's in the Bible, so we must include it. But a lot of Christians think like God has sent the sickness to teach me stuff. That's faulty theology. You know what? We know that God can work good in all situations. Is that right? But just because he works good in it doesn't mean he sent it. And so we can often make a wrong conclusion. Well, I learned so much about... You know, Jane was in a wheelchair for 21 years. That was because of a fallen world. That, was, that disease of MS is just its a satanic thing. We did everything we could to get healing, but it never came, and she got promoted to heaven. Did we learn good in that? You bet we did. There's, there's a book called Hope on the table that came out of our journey, and, and part of afterlife is what we learned as well. But um, did we learn good? Yes. Did I get to know God in a way that I'd never know? Yes, I did. But I never came to the conclusion that God sent the sickness to teach us. That came from a fallen world. That came from the enemy. But my father and your father, he knows how to work all things together for good. And he'll extract good out of horrible situations because that's who he is. He's a good, good father. And we're his kids. And so he will bring good out of it. I hear people saying, Lord, if it's your will, please heal this person. And, you know, that kind of praying will not heal anyone because you're really in a place of doubt. Now, there is a time, you know, to ask God, Lord, is this a time where you're going to take this person home because it's their time? 
And it's a time to ask the Lord and sense that and, and say, okay, we're just going to go with that. But I think the default position is fight for healing. What did David do? He had a word. You know, he and Bathsheba had an affair. She gets pregnant. There's a baby born. And God says uh, through Nathan the prophet, I'm going to take that baby home to me. And you're going to lose this child because this is going to be my discipline on you. What does David do? He fasts and prays for seven days for healing. And yet God has spoken. He's not going to heal the kid. And yet he still says, well, I'm, maybe God will change his mind. And then when the baby dies, he gets up and he washes and he eats. And his, his aides can't understand why you now, you know, you normally say, well, no, look, he said, while there was, while there was life, there was hope. But now he's gone. Uh, I can't bring him back, but one day I'll go to him, which is a powerful statement, meaning that baby was in the presence of the Lord. And, um, and I, I just share that. I don't know. Maybe it's not in my notes. Maybe that's relevant for someone here today but about your child that's passed, or maybe it's relevant that you need to keep fighting for your healing and for your miracle. And I don't, it doesn't matter how many times you've been disappointed where healing hasn't come. You need to keep fighting. Uh, because you, if you just learn to accept that thing, uh, it'll, be, it'll be something on your back for the rest of your life. Mm. Um, since last night, and again this morning, um, that, that phrase, it, it, it has been a, a, tr a living truth in my life for many decades. While there is life, there is hope, and one fights. And I'm just saying that to confirm what, what David has just said, and I really feel that God is wanting to encourage somebody with that. I think um, on healing, we have to look at the ministry of Jesus to take our cues. And the extensive healing ministry of Jesus, to me, models what the Father thinks about sickness. It, it to me, is the theology. Jesus is the living theology on healing of the sick. Our problem is we all know people that never got healed. Is that right? And so what we tend to do is develop faulty theologies around that. Well, uh, yeah, God heals, but maybe he doesn't do it all the time. And the moment you believe that, you're introducing a factor of doubt that when you go and pray for a sick person, you're going to say, well, maybe they won't get healed. Because in healing, you have to have faith. And I've noticed the people that are bold in their faith with regard to healing, they see it. The people that are a little nervous and, oh, is it going to happen? Is it? They don't see much happen. And so we have to develop a theology. You know, when Jane died, I said to the Lord, you give, you take away, blessed be your name. And Lord, I, I'm not going to be offended. I don't understand why you never healed her. But by the way, um, you know, death is promotion. I'm going to comment on that in a moment. But I tell you what, Lord, one of the things I promise, I'm not going to stop praying for the sick. I will keep praying for the sick and I'll train others to do it because my theology cannot come from my circumstances. It must come from the word of God. And my Bible tells me Jesus healed all the sick that came to him. He didn't heal everyone in Israel. He couldn't get around them all. 
um, but he healed all that, that Father wanted heal and all that came to him in faith. Now, the Bible tells me you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It tells me one of his covenant names is Jehovah Rapha, Yahweh Rapha. Yahweh means I am. It means I never change. Rapha means healer. I am healer means I'm healing 2,000 years ago. I'm the same today and I'll be the same tomorrow. I don't change. I'm the God of healing in New Zealand as I am the God of healing in China. I'm not just the healer in India or in China. I'm the healer in New Zealand as well. We have to believe that. We have to be a little aggressive about it. It's his nature to heal. His, his very name is healer. And I thank God because of that for medicine. Praise God for medicine. Praise God for the medical profession. Because God uses all means to heal us. And it's both natural and supernatural. And, you know, we often pray for research scientists that they'll get breakthroughs with cures for diseases because a lot of people can't uh, maybe access uh, healing or whatever. But by the same token, medicine can't cure everything yet. And not everybody has access to medical help. And so we need supernatural healing. We need miracles and signs and wonders because God the Father wants to, uh, you know, the Bible says that healing is the children's bread. It's our right as kids. Now, you might be saying, wow, you're strong on this, but hey, look, not everybody gets healed, and that is true. And what you say, why is that? Well, here's a few reasons. Unbelief and doubt, individually or corporately in a church, will hinder God's ability to heal us. Matthew 13, 58, Jesus could not do many mighty works um, in Nazareth because of their unbelief in him. So we've got to get rid of unbelief, got to get rid of doubt. Uh, look, doubt will fly over you. When you go to pray for somebody, there'll always be a thought, is something going to happen? But there's a difference. You can, you can cast that thought away. Someone said you can't stop birds flying over your head, but you can sure stop them building a nest in your hair. You can't stop those doubts that will come from the enemy, but you can cast them down and not entertain them, not allow them to become a stronghold in your thinking. Yeah, you might have prayed for 10 people and not, and not seen any of them healed, but you've got to go the 11th time. You've got to do it. You say, but oh, David, it's, it's, surely it's for the pastors and leaders. No, it's for you. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know who Jesus said that to? Anyone that believes in me. And the time will come where you will need a healing miracle. And if you haven't exercised faith in that area and your faith level's way down, you're going to struggle. You get headaches, you don't pray about that. What's going to happen if you face cancer? You're just going to bow to it, give in to it? Because you've got to fight. And I know churches that have fought, and I want to comment. You know, sometimes, um, I'll comment on in a minute. Let's go to point two. Unforgiveness is a big blocker of healing. It hinders God's ability to show us mercy and grace because we're not showing it to others. So just keep making sure that we've forgiven people who've offended us and that will allow us to be positioned for healing. Divisiveness and failing to see power in communion or our common union. When we dishonor the body of Christ, we dishonor other believers. You know, any believer has Christ in them. You may not like what they think, you may not like what they do, but they've got Jesus in them. And that's reason enough to honor another believer. May not agree with their theology on things, but as long as they believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, then they're my brother and sister. 
And we're going to have eternity together. And that's what I like to think when I look at a Christian that I don't agree with. I think, well, we're going to be in eternity together. And one day we're going to be glorified and perfect. And so I'm going to see you through those eyes right now. I'm going to see you as you will be, not as you are. Therefore, I'm going to give you honor. And when you honor the body of Christ, then healing happens much more easily. When there's division and dishonor, then it's hindered. Curses, hereditary spirits of sickness, involvement in the occult and Freemasonry. In those cases, deliverance is often needed before healing can be ministered. There's a demonic element. And then there's the sovereignty of God. Um, Healing is perfectly available through the cross of Christ, but at times imperfectly ministered or received. And we don't yet see everyone who receives prayer healed. I'll, I'll acknowledge that, but I have hope that'll change. I have hope the day will come where we will. Uh, Heidi Baker, wonderful missionary in Mozambique, they, I'm told, see 100% success rate with deafness. Everybody they pray for that's deaf gets healed. Wonderful. I guess they're seeing amazing healings. Uh, you know, Bethel Church, Redding, California, Bill Johnson. I don't think they've got a 100% success rate with cancer, but it's very high. Very high success rate with cancer, healing of cancer, because they've gone after it. I'm not going to say, I'm not, not going to let that infirmity be a Goliath in the church. And we're going to ask God for healings and breakthroughs. And they've pursued that. And Bill's own father died of cancer. Yet there he is, still pursuing God for healing of cancer, even though his father died of it. Like, you've got to just have a bulletproof mentality. I'm just going to believe the word. And you know what? Jane died. She wasn't healed. But you know what? The Bible says to live as Christ, to die as gain, to depart and be with Jesus is better by far. Hebrews 12, 23, when you come to heaven, you come to the spirits of redeemed people made perfect. And I figured like Jane is gain. She's better by far. She's a perfected spirit in heaven. That's better than being healed on earth out of a wheelchair, as good as that might be. You're face to face with God. You're seeing the, your relatives that have passed on and they're there with you. And you're, you're, you're privy to the secrets of God and what he's doing on earth. And the saints up there are praying for the church on earth. And they're praying that the kingdom will come. And imagine the perspective they've got. Wow. You know, there's no defeat when somebody dies. There's just victory. And sometimes we have to not so much, well, I, I know with myself, when I made a decision to, to not so much grieve my loss, but celebrate Jane's gain, something switched around in my life. That's when healing really started to come. I love what Bob Gass says in the Word for Today. I, I read it some time ago. He said, you know, you, you say I know some good Christians who prayed for healing and didn't get it. That's true. And the most spiritually mature among us can't explain why. God stamps some things we'll explain later. But as long as you're living, you must stand on the word of God, which says, I am the Lord who heals you. That's a great statement. So let's, uh, again, uh, quoting Bill Johnson, celebrate what God does and don't be offended at what he doesn't do. So, you know, you pray for 10 people, five get healed. Be thankful for that. Don't be offended. Oh, why didn't the other five get healed, Lord? That's not, you know, good. Uh, let that provoke you, saying, Lord, would you just so increase our faith level to the point where 10 out of 10 start getting healed? And I was a mathematic teacher, and I can just say this emphatically, the more people you prayed for, the more will get healed. So if you're going to pray for two people uh, in a six-month period, 
and one gets healed, well, one got healed. But if you pray for 20 people in a six-month period and 10 get healed, then 10 got healed. It's just statistic. And, but most of us don't even have a go because we're too nervous that nothing will happen. And I just think we've got to shake off the fear and the doubt. Pray for the sick in your home group. Pray for the sick in your workplace. Pray for your neighbors and your family members that are sick. You know, pray as a church. Have older calls for healing. Have meetings where you pray for the sick and you really target that because we want to elevate the faith level. And, you know, there's always going to be the critics. There's always going to be people that criticize. But I'm a bit sick of us being dictated to by the critics. And I think I want to be dictated to by heaven. And heaven says, come on. Jesus is our healer, and we've got to push the boundaries on this area. Let's look quickly at ways Jesus healed the sick. Then we're going to share a couple of keys that will allow healing to come. Uh, One, he spoke to the sickness, Luke 4.39, standing at her bedside. He spoke to the fever, rebuking it, and immediately her temperature returned to normal. She got up at once and prepared a meal for them. This is Peter's mother-in-law. This verse tells us two amazing truths. Number one, Jesus loves mothers-in-law, and so should we. That might be a word for you, Dan. I don't know. It could be a... And uh, uh, number two, Jesus spoke to the sickness like it was a foreign invader. And sometimes we've got to say, pain, leave this body. Asthma, go. Cancer, in the name of Jesus, be healed. So you speak to this thing and you bring command to it. Number two, Jesus touched the people, Luke 4.40. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. And Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Um, Laying on of hands. And it's a good thing to be able to lay your hand on the part of the body that needs healing. If it's a knee or a shoulder, put your hand there. If you can't touch the part of the body decently, get the person to put their hand there. And then you can put your hand on top. If you can't even do that decently, just stick your hand on their head. I think God will sort it all out. But if you can touch the person, their back or whatever, it's just guys praying for uh, women. Just be careful. Um, let's be, make sure everything is in decency. Often when you put your hand on, you may feel heat in your hand or they may feel heat in their part of their body. Or sometimes often we've had people say, I felt cold when you laid hand on me and I was healed. Because some, some injuries you put heat on, don't you? And some you put ice. And it seems like we've seen both in healing. God will sometimes release heat. Sometimes it's cold. And um, remember a lady in her 80s in the UK a couple of years ago, we prayed for her back. She couldn't bend. She was in constant pain. And she said, as you put your hand on it, I felt all this ice cold go through my back. And all the pain just went, just left her. So that was great. Uh, four, th- number three, the people touched him, Luke six nineteen. Everyone was trying to touch him because healing power went out from him and they were all cured. Um, I have a friend, a guy called Norm McLeod. He's a pastor. He's a Maori warrior. And he goes into Pakistan and India doing these crusades. And he said, he's sharing that one day in this crusade, he felt the Holy Spirit say, go down among the crowd and tell them as many touch you, um, they'll be healed. And, of course, you can imagine what the security people thought of that because this is mainly largely Muslim crowds. 
um, that are coming to these crusades and they were freaking out, but he obeyed the Lord and he walked among the crowd and he said as many touched him, just got instantly healed. He didn't walk among the whole crowd, but he, he walked around a certain section of the crowd. So it's still happening today. He's a brave man, I think. He's a brave man. Uh, number four, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, like Luke 5, 17, the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. This is an enigma to me, this scripture. I cannot work this out. If you got Jesus, why would you need anything else? He is the power of the Lord. And yet that verse says that there were moments with Jesus where the Holy Spirit's power was overshadowing him in a unique way. Now, my only way of understanding this scripture, and please correct me if I'm wrong, if someone has got revelation that I haven't, is that there might have been sometimes huge crowds that he couldn't get around praying for all the sick, and the Holy Spirit just overshadowed Jesus, and that overshadowing just spilled out onto the crowd, and people People just started getting sovereignly healed in the crowd. We've seen that in meetings. People are just listening to the message. They get healed. You're not even praying for sickness. And they're just in the environment of the presence of God. And they just get healed in the worship time. The anointing is there to bring healing. And it's a beautiful thing. Okay, we want to share two important keys that will allow us to see healing. Greta's going to share the first and I will share the second. Just before I do, may this encourage you to go after healing because this is something that David and I are passionately pursuing because it, because it is God's will and intention. Just something that I felt the Lord has said for um, this year as we've entered into 2017. He reminded me of John 5 where from time to time an angel came down to the pool at Bethesda and stirred the waters. And when the waters were stirred, the first person into the water was healed, but just one person. And this is what I felt Father say. I'm releasing many angels to stir the waters of healing in many places where my people seek me and believe me. So it's seeking him, going after this, and dare to believe him. This is a new era of healing and miracles. This is the time we have entered in. And I just see, where, where is Matt? Ah, oh. I just see Matt, God just do this, your, the, the young people rising up with signs and wonders and miracles and you doing great exploits for the kingdom of God. Lead the charge. Now, this first major key is faith. Faith is a vital factor when it comes to healing, and so is compassion, also essential. And in actual fact, the two are inextricably intertwined. Galatians 5, 6 puts it this way. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I'll just make a very brief comment on compassion. We're going to focus on the faith. All healing needs to be ministered with compassion. Uh, and, and in actual fact, any other type of ministry, whatever we are doing, however we are, are ministering to people, helping people, it needs to always flow from compassion. It is Father's heart to heal. It is Jesus' heart to heal. And we need to carry their heart. You know, the Bible says Jesus moved with compassion, 
healed. And compassion releases the anointing for healing. It is very, very powerful. Now, faith. Why must we have faith? Well, we see the answer in Hebrews 11 verses 1 and 6. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because everyone who comes to him must believe he exists and he rewards those that earnestly seek him. So we are called to live by faith and not by sight. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And I've discovered there's power in speaking or declaring out loud God's word. Because my own ears hear it. Faith comes by hearing and I actually can even grow my own faith in that way. God has amazing promises. And we need to declare those promises. We must have bold faith. It's boldness that attracts heaven's response. Jesus took the trouble in Luke 11. He told an entire story just to emphasize this fact. We must ask and we must ask boldly and then expect God to to do it. Jesus said this about faith. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now just think of this. Small little seed, massive mountain. Do you see the exponentially larger effect of our faith? Now imagine if we pray, Lord, will you help me grow my faith from a little mustard seed to a big tree? We would move a whole range of mountains. And we are currently entering the time where we will speak to mountains of impossibility, impossible sickness, disease, and injury, and they will go. And I felt God say is that these, you know, that it is the time when miracles, signs, and wonders are to accompany God's word as the norm, and he will unleash great miracles through those of us who dare to believe. It boils down to those who will dare to have faith in Jesus. And mountains can move. It is only faith that can move mountains. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark 11, 22 to 24. Have faith in God, Jesus said. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. So whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. That is powerful. And when we believe what Jesus says and, and, and claim his promises for ourselves, the miracles happen. And I've shared in this church before, a few years ago, I um, had a an accident and I, I fractured a foot in, the, in my midfoot and there was a displaced fragment of bone and I prayed that very thing I said Lord I ask you will you put this bone fragment back in place and I'm asking there will be be no fracture and Lord I believe I have received it it is mine and I Lord I speak to this mountain of foot injury go in Jesus name and declare a perfect x-ray 
And um, they just put me in a plaster cast and sent me home with crutches. And I went back and cheekily asked the, the, the orthopedic surgeon, I said, um, could you please do another x-ray? And surprisingly, he, he agreed. Because if you're medically um, uh, trained, you will know there's no change in one week. And so that was a miracle. They actually agreed. And he did one better. He, he ordered a scan, which is even more detailed than, than an x-ray. And they did it. I went to go and receive the, the, the report. And it said, there's no sign of the, of the displaced fragment. There is no fracture. God had moved an impossible mountain by his wonderful power. And God has some, is wanting you to move some mountains by his power. He did a creative miracle in just instantly restoring my bone and moving that, that, that displaced fragment of bone. And just something that I'm really feeling the Lord is wanting to do today is I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing the skeleton of the human body. And obviously I know the skeleton well because I've studied anatomy. And I'm just seeing God is wanting to right now, if you will just believe and receive um, by faith, it can be yours. God is wanting to restore and, and do creative miracles in the joints. And I'm seeing no matter where the joints are, if you joints in the spine, joints um, in, in the, the shoulders, the wrists, in the hips, in the knees, in the ankles, there's somebody even with a toe joint. The Lord is just wanting... To, to just receive your healing right now. If that is you, you have, you have a damaged joint anywhere in your body, I command those joints be fully restored. I release creative miracles in the name of Jesus. If you believe in your heart, receive from Jesus. He said, whatever you ask for, believe it will happen. It is yours Believe that you have received it. I release those miracles, creative miracles in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. John 14, 12 to 14 are powerful verses. Jesus said this about miracles. He's speaking, he's discussing miracles. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me. Are you in anyone? Anyone is all-inclusive. Every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter how long we've known Jesus, no matter how imperfect we are, he says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. You're getting the theme, will do, will do. And it continues in Mark 16. In my name you will lay hands on sick people and they will get healed. They will get well. These signs will accompany those who believe, dare to believe. Jesus longs to use you as his conduit for healing. We see faith in action. 
in a number of different ways. And we have some examples in Matthew 9. What did the bleeding woman do? She reached out and touched Jesus. And then Jesus said to her, take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you. What did the two blind men do? They called out to God and cried out for mercy. Jesus responds, do you believe I am able to do it? You know, Jesus is saying to us, do you believe I am able? We mean to say, yes, Jesus, I believe you are able to do anything. You can heal anything. And then he said to, to the two blind men, according to your faith, it will be done for you. And you know, I can remember nowadays, um, I just, I, I sold my physio practice when David and I got, got married because that's what the Lord said. And I just do a, run a very small part-time bit of practice, just a, a handful of patients when I have time. But one of the patients I had of, you know, of more cup in the last few years was somebody who had seriously injured her spine re really from the top to the bottom, and she was in utter agony, prescription, pain, tablets didn't help one iota. Um, she was gray with pain. She hobbled in and with great difficulty got into my, my treatment plinth. And while I'm treating her spine, I obviously have my hands on her, and I was led by the Holy Spirit. I only, he is my helper, and, and I only do this as led by him. And while my hands were working on a spine, I just silently released healing. And um, she didn't even know. Now, under normal circumstances, without physiotherapy, that injury, the, that degree of injury would have taken months for her to recover. With physiotherapy, it would have shortened recovery to several weeks. This is the natural. I phoned this lady the next day to find out how she is. She was 95% better. And by the end of the day, she was 100%. So she didn't need any more physiotherapy. And then I explained, I said, that, that wasn't me. That was Jesus. You know, he, he healed you. And she was a Christian. So she gladly believed that. But the point is, about the story, it wasn't her faith. It was my faith for her. And we see another, we see an example of this in Matthew 9, where a group of guys brought this other fellow on a mat. He was paralyzed. They brought them to Jesus. And the Bible says, Jesus saw the friend's faith. Now that can really encourage us, you know, when, and I'm sure you've experienced this. If you are feeling so unbelievably ill and weak, or if you're in such agony and pain, you haven't got the strength to fight in faith for yourself. But if that's the case, it's okay. Jesus is looking for faith anyway, anywhere. And if he sees the friend's faith, those, the faith of those praying for you, he's, he will respond. He cannot but help respond to our trust and faith and belief in him. You know, I love to think of this is that if Jesus were present here today in human form and there were sick people, what would he do? He would heal every single one, wouldn't he? Because his word says that Jesus healed every sickness and disease in, in every person who came to him. 
and then more. Soon after that, it says Jesus gave his disciples authority. We are Jesus' followers. He, he gave his disciples authority to heal every disease and sickness. This is our authority in Jesus. He's after every sickness and disease. Now, a brief word of, of laying on of hands the most common way we minister healing is we lay hands on the sick person. And let's take an illustration from a kitchen appliance, like a kettle or a toaster. I lay my hands on the appliance and relax. The kettle will boil. The toaster will make my, my toast nice and crispy and, and hopefully not burn it. The manufacturer does the rest. The, the kettle somehow boils and does its thing. Well, when we're ministering healing, it's the same thing. I lay my hands on the sick person and relax. The manufacturer, the creator, does the rest. God heals the person by the power of his Holy Spirit. And this brings us to this principle of healing and partnership, which isn't this wonderful. Um, Isaiah 42.6, sweetheart, may I borrow your hand? It says that, and there are many other verses that say the same thing. God takes hold of my right hand. So if we imagine David's hand represents God's hand. The Lord takes hold of my right hand. And in Acts 4.30, they, they said this, Lord, stretch out your hand to heal. So when I lay hands on a sick person, whose hand is on mine? It is God's hand. So the Lord... Um, is the one who heals. I partner with the Holy Spirit to minister healing. And in Mark 16, 20, we, we, we see this as well, where Jesus had already ascended to heaven, but it says the Lord worked with them. And likewise, the Lord works with us to minister his miracles, signs, and wonders. And then in closing, this absolute importance and, and essentialness of faith. Peter makes this really clear in Acts chapter 3. It's the story of the crippled beggar, beggar and he commands in the name of Jesus Christ, walk and the man is miraculously healed. Then he does explain to the crowd, and this is important too, that it's not by their own power nor by their own godliness that the man is now walking. I am so thankful it doesn't depend on my own godliness because I don't have any. It doesn't depend on my own power because I don't have any that a person is healed. It's him. It's always God. And here is this powerful statement in Acts 3 verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has given complete healing to him. So we can see that faith is absolutely essential for healing to occur. And bold faith releases the Lord's power. So David's going to come now and take us through the next key. But shall we do a little bit of a, a stretch again? Let's stand up. You're lucky I'm not making us run around the block. Are you glad, Dennis? All right. We'll just do a few half squats. Just go down as far as you comfortably can. 
Let the weight go through, the, through your heels, just up and all the way straight. And down and up and down and up. One more time. Down and up. Keeping those thighs and glutes strong. Now let's do some rowing. Nice and smooth. Looking impressive back there, Don. <laughs> okay, little backward circles of the shoulders. Good. And a deep breath in and out. One more deep breath in and out. You're a very good exercise class. Let's sit down again. All right, great. The second key, and then we want to come to some praying for people. Um, the second key is authority. And in Matthew 16, uh, Peter says to Jesus, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you bless Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you lock on earth will be locked in heaven and whatever you open on earth will be opened in heaven. Jesus is saying that anybody that believes he is the Messiah, the savior of the world, you know, yields their life to him, you get keys. Every believer has been given these keys. These keys open and shut things. Now, if I give you the keys to my house or the keys to my car, the keys represent authority. I'm really giving you authority or permission to go into my home or to drive my car. Is that right? The key represents authority. So Jesus is saying, I'm giving you guys keys, not literal keys, but keys that represent authority. And you can forbid things happening on earth and you can loose things that are in the heavens onto the earth. And uh, we, we kind of get it, but we don't because a lot of the church is not using the key. Let me illustrate this. Uh, Dennis, did you drive to this thing this morning? Have you got your car keys on you? Can I borrow your car keys? Because can I borrow your car over lunch? Do s burning some rubber and, you know, wheelies and all of that stuff? Yeah, okay, if I wish. <laughs> okay, so suppose at lunchtime um, we go out to the car park because Dennis shows me the vehicle and, and I've got the keys in my hand and then I go up to the door and there's a little button there that I could click to open the door. Suppose I put my thumb over it, then I hesitate and I just turn to Dennis and I say, uh, well, actually, would you mind opening the door? And he said, no, actually, you just got to click that button and it will, will open. And so I go to do it again and then I hesitate again. I said, look, I'm really sure if you do it, it'll happen. He would think, I've known him a long time, but he's really gone a bit weird. And uh, he would think, what is in the water in Auckland that's making him think that way? Just for goodness sake, use the key. And we think, like, that's ridiculous. But, you know, when I pray for healing like this, uh, Lord Jesus, would you please heal Greta, make her better? Amen. Uh, what am I doing? I'm really handing the keys back to Jesus. I'm saying, Lord, would you do it? Well, he said, no, no, you lay hands on the sick. You heal them. So I need, to be, I need to be ministering like this. Sweetheart, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I release healing to you. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. The Lord heals you right now. I command all sickness and pain to leave you and receive healing in Jesus' name. Can you see the difference? When I'm asking the Lord to do it, 
The other, I'm commanding it to happen. And when you move from prayer to command, that's when you start using the keys. Because when you're only praying, you're not really using the keys. And we've got to go to the scripture. Thank you, Dennis. I won't abuse your vehicle. So it's good. Well, let's go to the scripture. If we can have the next slide. Thanks, uh, Don. Acts 9 verse 40. Um, this is the time Peter's asked to pray for Tabitha. She's died. It says Peter asked them all to leave the room because they're in a mode of grief and unbelief. And it says, then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. We couldn't get a photograph. That was the best we could do. Um, and uh, it's kind of weird, really, isn't it? I use that word a lot. I've got to stop doing that. Um, but here's the question. Was it a good thing? Two questions, in fact. Was it a good thing that he knelt and prayed? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I'm not knocking prayer. Prayer is good. We actually need to pray. We need to invite the Lord into the situation. We need to say, Lord Jesus, would you please come and heal? Holy Spirit, would you come and minister healing? And that is a good thing to do. But here's the second question. Did anything happen to Tabitha when he knelt and prayed? No. And if he'd stopped there, that's it. They would have buried her. It was when he turned to the body after prayer and he says, Tabitha, wake up. What is he doing? He's using the key. He's commanding healing to happen. And it's at the point of command, power flowed because he's actually using the key. He's unlocking the power of healing from heaven into that situation. And she's raised from the dead. When you move from prayer to command, stuff happens. Now, we do both. And so often when we're saying, you know, you're going to pray for a sick person, this is what we'll do. We'll find out what's wrong, and then we'll pray first. We'll say, Lord Jesus, would you please come and heal them, take away all the pain or whatever it is. And then we'll stop praying, and then at that moment, we'll lay hands on them, and we'll command healing to take place. And then that often is when healing starts flowing. Luke 9, 1, Jesus says, oh, it says here, one day Jesus called together his 12 apostles and gave them power and authority to cast out demons and to heal all diseases. And Jesus has given us power and authority. Um, I remember when Jane was alive, we went off to Sydney to attend Hillsong Conference one year. Thousands of people there. And, and my, our son Joe was um, part of Hillsong College at that point, And he was part of a connect group. And he said, Dad, would you mind coming and speaking at our connect group? And so one Tuesday night, we turn up at his, this house where his connect group meets. And we're early. And I sit down next to a guy on the couch. And he's looking very unhappy. Let's call him Johnny. And we got talking. And I said, oh, you know, what's the deal with you? And he said, I was in a car accident six months ago. I wrecked a couple of my lower vertebra. Um, I've had an operation. It hasn't worked. I'm in constant pain. I can barely move. I'm off work. And, um, you know, the strongest painkillers are not helping me. He was very miserable. And I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, um, pray for him tonight. So uh, a group of people gathered, there's about 15, 16 of us, and shared the word. And I said at the end of the meeting, I said, if you want prayer, just stand up. 15 people stood up, all except Johnny. He remains seated. I think he's been prayed for before and nothing's happened. He's a bit disappointed. And went around the room praying, came to a young American girl who was studying at Hillsong College. She's called Katie, took her by the hand. I said, Katie, God's going to use these hands to heal the sick. She was excited. 
finally comes to Johnny. And uh, I say, Johnny, would you mind if I prayed for you? Now, there's a little hint. Never force yourself on a sick person. Always ask permission if you can pray. Because you're preserving someone's dignity. Jane was in a wheelchair. She was a target for many people to want to have a go at seeing her healed. We didn't mind that, but we would have liked some of them to ask permission. And uh, you preserve dignity. I was I once asked a guy, I said, would you like me to pray for you? He said, no, I don't want to be healed. I said, why not? He said, I'd lose my financial benefits. So, I mean, like that's an extreme case, but there you go. And... Uh, so God bless him in his happiness and sickness. But most of the time, 99%, you'll, you'll say, yes, please, pray. So he says, yeah, okay. And I said, would you stand up? So he stands to his feet. And as he stands up, I see like this fog around his head. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I break off you this fog of confusion and oppression and command it to go. And I said, can I pray for your back, Johnny? He said, okay. And so I do, I do hands up. I said, Lord, please, would you come and, and uh, heal Johnny, take away all the pain, and uh, come Holy Spirit. And then I put my hands on his back. I said, Johnny, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I command the pain to go. I command this back to be healed. I release healing to you in Jesus' name. And I ministered that way for a minute or so. Now, if it's a measurable condition, what should you do next? Test it. So not all conditions are measurable, are they? Like you can't test high blood pressure or diabetes on the spot. That's going to need a medical test or some things are going to need time to show that they've been healed. But there's a lot of things. People in pain, they can't move something. They can't see clearly, hear clearly. There's a lot of conditions you can test. So I say to him, Johnny, would you just begin to check yourself out, do something that maybe you couldn't have done before and so he just starts bending over a little and a little smile comes onto his face and I say to him is that feeling better he said yes it is now I've got to know because I was a maths teacher how much better he is so I say to him zero to a hundred percent like zero is no change hundred percent you're completely healed how much better do you think it is he said I think it's about fifty percent and you know some healings happen instantly, completely. One, one ministry engagement, person's completely healed. I love that, and we're asking God for more of it. But other healings, you've got to soak a person. Maybe you have to pray repeatedly. Do you know in the Bible, Jesus prayed for a blind man, and he got partially healed? And Jesus said, How, what, can you see anything? And he said, I see people like trees walking. In other words, it's, I see them, but they're blurred. They're blurry. So Jesus ministers to him again, and he gets healed. I mean, this is the Son of God. He has to pray twice for this blind guy. Well, I mean, that we're going we're gonna to face that. So sometimes you pray and nothing happens, so you just do it again. Do it two or three times till something starts to happen, and then you soak the person in prayer. It might take you 10 minutes, but just keep going. Remember praying for a guy with a wrecked knee, and I, I kept praying. I must have prayed 10 minutes for this fella. The first time we got it about 20%, the second time 70%, and finally it was 100%. And he was facing a knee op. He was very happy. He didn't have to have that up, but I kept going. So 
I say to Johnny, he's 50% better. Shall we pray again? He says, yes, Katie, you pray. So he gets Katie. Katie comes and prays, and he's completely healed. And a couple of minutes later, he's got the home group leader in a bear hug, and he's lifting him off the ground. That's how healed he is. And we sit down over supper. He said, I can't believe what's happened. I said, why? He said, two days ago, it was Miracle Sunday offering at Hillsong. And we get to fill in miracle cards that the pastor prays over. And I wrote on my card, God, make me whole in mind and body. He said, my mind was so messed up. When you broke that fog off me, my mind's cleared, my back's healed. I can't believe God's done this in two days. Amazing. And, um, and you know what the Lord talked to me? I, I, I said, Lord, why did you use Katie to finish that off? And the Lord said this to me. He said, because healing's not just for leaders. It's for all my people, for all my people. And uh, I learned an powerful lesson that the Lord is wanting to release healing through his entire body. And sometimes you just got to be bold and persevere. Let's close with this. And then we're going to do some ministry. Mark 1, uh, 40 to 42 says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you want to, you can make me well again, he said. Moved with pity, same word as compassion, although the margin of some Bibles renders that anger, Jesus touched him. I want to, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Apparently, that Greek word, um, it just means a word for strong emotion. And some Bibles translate it pity or compassion. And other Bibles translate it anger. And both are true. What I feel is that the Lord has anger towards sickness, but he has compassion towards the sick. And we should never get that reversed. Sometimes when you pray for somebody and they don't get healed, I've seen people get angry at the sick person. Oh, you don't have faith for healing. It's your fault. We should never do that. Look, if there's a problem in a person's life, we should say something like, well, look, we don't seem to be getting healing here. Shall we pray and seek God over the next few days and maybe come together again and, and pray and just see if God could show us anything that might be blocking healing? And you do it in a loving and in a pastoral way. There's an appendix there when, when God heals you, just keeping your healing. You, there's a prayer that you can pray. And so, sometimes with a few people, maybe 5%, uh, not many, some get healed and then the symptoms return and you've just got to rebuke that because it's just the devil trying to talk you out of your healing. So don't wear it. There's a prayer you can pray there. What we want to do, Greta and I want to demonstrate healing, and then we want to turn you loose to pray for one another, because we see the most healings when you guys do the praying. We just, in, in all our ministry, we see most healings that we see are because when, when the people pray. Is there someone here, you know when we were doing those exercises before, we were raising our hands up and down, is there someone here, your right shoulder actually is in some degree of pain, you find it painful to actually Raise your shoulder. Is there someone that's you? It's the right shoulder. Okay. And um, um, all right. Can you come? Can you join me, sweetheart? Uh, what's your name? Nathan. Bless you, Nathan. Okay. I'm just going to ask Nathan some a few questions. Um, so uh, how long have you had this for, Nathan? Three years. Okay. Three years. That's a long time. And um, did anything happen three years ago to cause that? Uh, yes, torn rotator cuff. Okay. Torn rotator cuff. Um, you were doing something, you tore it. Okay, and uh, what what can't you do at the moment that causes pain? Um, my subscapularis is um, 
uh, uh, it doesn't really activate. Um, so I can do movements, it's just they uh, hurt after a while and my shoulder blade slides everywhere so uh, there's no stability. Okay, so if, if you raised your arm now, would that hurt you or? If there was weight on it. Okay. So we're going to have to get you to lift something up to check it out, aren't we? Or is there some other way that you can test that, that um, healing has happened? Um. What about if you did a press-up or something like that? Would that, would that um, do it? Yep, that would definitely test my shoulder. <laughs> right, okay. We might get you to do that because <laughs> we want to we wanna check it out. Did you want to ask anything, honey? Okay, so we're going to believe God for your healing. Three years is too long. And um, so um, what we're going to do is we're going to pray, and then we're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to believe God for you and, uh, and, and see him come bring healing. Maybe just, just make a comment is that um, that is a, a medical problem, isn't it? D did they say they could do anything for you? Uh, no. No. So this is medically impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. So, um, so Lord Jesus, we just ask and pray that your Holy Spirit uh, would come upon Nathan. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to work a miracle. You're the God that opens blind eyes. You heal deaf ears. You cause cripples to walk. And so, Lord, this is nothing to you. And we are believing for your touch, believing for your healing power to flow into this situation right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and touch Nathan. And, Lord, release your healing power. Now we're going to um, lay hands and command healing. Thank you, Lord. I speak to the subscapularis. I command you to be made new in the name of Jesus Christ. I release a creative miracle. Be knit together and be made strong again in the name of Jesus. I command you to activate. Lord Jesus, you, when, when you prayed for somebody, when your disciples prayed for somebody, the um, paralyzed parts were instantly made strong and I command the subscapularis be instantly made strong be knit together in Jesus name I don't understand the medical term but I just lay hands on you here and on your shoulders and in the name of Jesus just receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus the Lord heal you just receive healing. I command release. I command healing in the authority of Jesus' name. Enough is enough. We will not suffer this anymore. We speak to the tissue, be healed. We speak to the shoulders, be healed in the name of Jesus. Right now, we release his healing anointing to you. Thank you, Lord. We just soak the shoulder in your healing touch. Jesus, you are our healer in Yes, Nathan, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Right now, there he is. He's healing you, touching you. I speak it. I release it. The Spirit of God is on you. And we just release it to you. This movement in the shoulders, we just speak healing. We, we 
take authority over this, this looseness. And Lord, we just release everything to be tight and the way it should be. Thank you, Lord. Perfect control. Perfect control and stabilization. The word is stabilization of the scapula from now on. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, can, can we maybe do something to test that out, do you think? Or is that going to be tricky? Or you do whatever you think will test it out. With your knees on the ground. Okay, so tell us how that feels. Feels all right. Okay. Um, so is there any pain there at all? No. No. Okay. Would there have been before? Do you think? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay, so we don't know. Oh, a real press up. There you go. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. All right. We're going to believe. So <clears throat> you said about lifting weights would really tell. So you got some weights at home or something that you can lift? Okay, could you do that and then tell us tomorrow? Yeah, good on you. All right. Just just observing your, your scapula from the back, it was looking pretty normal there in, in doing that particular movement. All right, bless you, Nathan. That's cool. Okay, so we wait to find out, but I, I just believe something great's happened there. Okay, if you need healing, um, why don't you stand to your feet? Maybe you're in pain, you have some part of your body you can't move or doesn't function properly. Um, that, that word on joints uh, that Greta had, I felt that really strongly. You know, if you've got pain in your joints or arthritis or something like that, um, then maybe you should, certainly should be standing because it seems like the Lord really wants to. Good grief, this is a sick church, my goodness. <laughs> I just love saying that in every church, it's really cool. All right. What you're going to do is the people standing, can you spread out um, into the aisles down the front and we'll get you sort of into a position where we can get some people to come to you. <clears throat> and give yourself plenty of space between. Now normally we would get everyone sitting down to go and find someone uh, standing up, and we will do in a minute, but there's way too many of you needing healing, so what you're going to have to do is pair up. So could you raise your hand if you need healing, please? Raise your hand if you need healing. Okay, those that are sitting down, could you go and find someone with their hand up, please? And when someone's come to you, you can put your hand down. Now, there won't be enough, but we'll just get the people that are available first, and 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 then we'll look around to get you to pair up, and you'll have to take time to pray for one another. And just come and stand in front of the person so that they can see you. Okay. Right, so I think we've utilized everybody that wasn't needing healing, so then the rest of you with your hands up, can you look around and just pair up with somebody? And... Um, So you'll have to take turns to pray for one another. So don't do anything yet. Uh, we're going to give you instructions. Okay, has everyone got somebody? Is there anyone who hasn't yet got someone with them? 
Don, would you come and pray here? It'd be great. Um, okay, anyone, there's a lady over there. Could you come down the front? So we'll, one of us will pray for you. Okay, we're going to just lead you in a prayer to cover ground. And uh, so if, you would, if you're needing healing, would you follow me in this prayer, please? Now, here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you to heal me today. I ask forgiveness for any sin in my life. I renounce also over my life any involvement in the occult or Freemasonry or New Age teaching. Let it be cut off me now in Jesus' name. I renounce any spirit of hereditary sickness in my family line. Let it be cut off me and my descendants. I'm just going to pause there. Lord, I break that power of hereditary sickness in any person. I tell, take authority over the spirit behind it. And I ask that you'll heal the genetics causing it in the name of Jesus. Now, just follow me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I forgive anyone I'm offended with. Now, could you take 30 seconds, 40 seconds to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, is there somebody you need to show me that I've not forgiven? It might be a parent, a friend, a family member, an employer, somebody. Uh, might be more than one. Just take, And as they come to mind, just, just in your, silently in your heart say, Lord, I choose to forgive and name them, and I release them from my unforgiveness. And just do that. Silently. Somebody here is, um, you've had medical misadventure. And so there may be resentment towards the medical personnel that were treating you. That they didn't do the job. You need to forgive them. And um, somebody has been unjustly treated by their boss. Um, just choose to forgive and to let go. The Lord is the God of justice and he will sort things out. Thank you, Jesus. So let's pray this after me. Lord Jesus, I choose to forgive these ones as you forgave me. Amen. Okay, now what's going to happen, <clears throat> excuse me, what's going to happen is the person that is praying for you is going to ask you a few questions. They're going to ask you what is wrong, how that affects you, maybe how long you've had it. So those are the three main questions. What is your condition? How long have you had it? How does it affect you? Because you need to ask that question to know how, if you can test it out um, after you've prayed. And so one of you, who've, if you're pairing up, one of you decide who's going to go first to be prayed for. And then when you've ministered to them, then you can swap around. But uh, So that's what you're going to do. You're going to ask those questions. When you're giving answers to those questions, please do not give a complete medical history, all right? Because we'll be here all day. Okay, just keep it short. Keep it sharp. Say, this is the problem. This is how it affects me. I've had it X number of years. And, um, 
And you know, it doesn't matter if it's 50 years, Jesus is the healer. Amen. He's the healer. doesn't matter how bad it is. He's the healer. We're going to pray first. Honey, you want to lead us? Pray release of anointing. If you just lift your hands to the Lord, the Lord wants to release into your hands his healing power. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I release healing anointing into every hand raised. Receive his healing power in Jesus' name. And I also release gifts of faith to dare to believe Jesus for the impossible. Thank you, Lord. We receive. Amen. Right. Yeah, you start. Find out what the condition is. Minister to it. If you need to pray two or three times, do so. Shall we find out what the Lord has done? Okay, so here's the deal. I know a number of the conditions you won't know because maybe it's a kind of a chronic condition and you're going to have to get a medical test or time will tell. So I understand that. And please, can I say this? You know, just keep thanking the Lord because you don't know. Just keep thanking the Lord in faith for your healing. Just say, Lord, I'm believing for that. And then when you find that you are healed, like you, you discover, oh, I think, things have changed. Tell somebody. You know, Jesus healed 10 lepers and only one returned to give thanks. And I think when you stop to give thanks, either in your home group or you send an email to Pastor Don and Penny to let them know that, you know, God has healed you, it's just a great thing to do. Um, but I know that also a number of you would have conditions that are measurable, that you were maybe in pain or you couldn't move something freely and now you can or your hearing or eyesight might have been affected. There's some way that you know there's change. So how many of you, I just want you to raise your hand if you know there's improvement in your body, either partially or completely. Okay, either partially or completely. Okay, I'm just, would you guys stand please? And would you like just to come out the front and face the people? I'm just gonna ask you what has happened and if you can tell me in about 10 or 20 seconds uh, what has happened, what, what the condition was, 
and, and what it's like now. I just come along this way a little bit further because we're a bit crowded there. And uh, <coughs> so I'll start down this end and we'll... <coughs> So, um, so tell me what the condition was, how it is now. Um, sinusitis, that horrible rotten smell and um, taste, yep. and it's easing. Praise God, that's wonderful. Praise the Lord, all right. My left shoulder has been sore since January, but now it's still quite sore, but my grip in this hand is stronger than my other one, and normally this one was stronger. So God is doing something for you. Bless you. You guys can be seated. Thank you. What happened to you? A cough that had been affecting me for maybe months. but This is a cough? Yeah. Hmm? And I know that uh, it has left me in Jesus. Okay. Good for you. Praise God. You can be seated. What happened to you? Oh, I got my arthritis for more than a year now. So arthritis in your back. And did you say your knee as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now after I... He, she prayed me. I, there's a bit improvement of my back, yep. and I can bend my a little bit like bend. that. Yeah. And you couldn't do that before, huh? No, I, I can't. It's really sore. I need my walking stick. Okay. Yeah. So the pain is diminished. And what about your knee? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, if, uh, so if we said zero to 100 percent, like 100 percent is completely better, your back. How much better do you think it is? Five or six. Uh, fi did you say five or six percent, yes. or fifty or sixty percent? What? Like Just a little bit yeah. better, or is it like half better? Yeah. Half yeah. better. Okay, yeah. fifty. That's a bit more encouraging than five or six. I have to say. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> All right. When she prayed me, I feel that wind passed to my face. Like okay. You felt the wind of the spirit as well. Okay. Anyone been healed of backs before? You've had a back healing. Anyone or arthritis healing? You have? Okay, because in a minute, you stay there. I'm going to get you to come and pray. So um, I'll ask you now, what's happened to you? I had a car accident in 2009, put me out from head to foot. Um, and um, my body started to seize up quite a bit this last couple of weeks. Um, getting a healing prayed over me has loosened up around my hip area. Yep. And um, so I'm feeling about 60%. 60%. All right, good. Why don't you two guys pray for each other for a minute and see, get that up. Because you get 50, 60%, you're going to get more. What happened to you? Um, epilepsy as well as cancer. Epilepsy and cancer, okay. So you were prayed for this morning. So can you tell there's been some change in your condition? Well, not really at the moment. Not at the moment. You're just standing here by faith. Should we just stretch out your hands and we can just, uh, what is the form of cancer? Oh, it's all over my back. It's in your back. Oh, Jesus, we just ask you, Lord, for your healing touch right now. Just as a church family, we just believe for your healing power to flow right now. All the cancer, we command it to go. We release healing to you in the name of Jesus. We break the power of this cancer, and we just thank you, Lord. Your healing touch just keeps soaking her, honey. That's great. What happened to you? Um, I fell off my bike about 18 months ago and um, it's, it sort of came right and then all of a sudden I just started to have this pain in uh, my, my elbow area and it got worse and worse and um, it's just, it's there sort of constantly all the time. Night time it just gets real painful and I've had an, um, an x-ray 
and I'm due for an MRI scan uh, just to see. And they said, oh, this, uh, the x-ray showed maybe just something that made it be a bit of chip bone. They weren't quite sure, so it wasn't obviously a big thing. So how's it now? Um, well, I believe it's about 75% healed. Wow. Just Thank you, Lord. Yeah, so you can flex it and there's not a lot of pain there anymore. When I put my go like that, it was it's always really sore, as though the bone's bruised. Yeah. It feels like the bone's really bruised, and uh, that's just minimal. 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 Praise God. God's healing you. Father, thank you. Thank you for a complete healing, and we just receive that. You know, often um, healing starts as you just keep thanking the Lord. You find by the next day you're completely healed. We've seen people uh, like that. So, Lord, we just receive that. We just say 100%, let it be. Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. During the week, I jumped off machinery, and I injured my left knee. Yep. So your left knee's been in pain. It has been in pain, but no more. No more. Slightly warm. Okay, it's slightly warm, no pain. Praise God, the Lord has healed that. That is wonderful. What happened to you? Um, my one, um, I mean, it was a back condition. And uh, not back, sorry, and knee. Um, and yep. at the stage of looking at a replacement. Okay. Um, but uh, so you were prayed for this morning. So how is it now? Uh, well, I would say at least seventy. Seventy percent improvement. Okay. All these partial healings. We want complete healings in Jesus' name. Lord, that's your left knee, right? Thank you, Lord, for more increase. In Jesus' name. I don't know if you can, I can feel heat there. So, Lord, we just thank you. You're doing something. And we just release greater healing. 100%, Lord, let it be. In Jesus' name. Amen. I know what happened to you, but tell the people. Um, I was about to get two hearing aids because I had significant hearing loss. And while you were praying, I just felt like something came out of my ears. And when you had your hand over my ear, I could hear you clearly. And before, I wouldn't have been able to. She's been healed of deafness. Praise God. It's wonderful. Um, I, have, uh, I had an accident. Uh, I fell down in the steps. Uh, and I had my, my knee. I had a torn cartilage and ligament. So I had an operation that was uh, a year ago, uh, two years ago. And the, and the, uh, the um, doctor told me the one who operated me that I have also an osteoarthritis. So, and he, he said that there's no cure of it. So, I start uh, uh, with my home, home group here. We keep uh, we keep on praying we, uh, uh, for healing, and I have a difficulty in bending. Mm -hmm. So, and walking also, I cannot stand for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's why I stopped working, and then. And uh, now, and um, I just uh, this morning I have uh, this pain in my knee again. And when we were praying, and it said that the, the one also uh, who wants to pray for healing, so I stand there and praying. And when we pray in front, it's uh, the I feel some heat in my knee and this this right, right knee and. And the pain was gone, and then I can't bend because I cannot bend really, like doing, mm -hmm. uh, bending down. I yeah. need to uh, at home. I need a stool to bear to be nice yeah. one to bend or get something. So uh, 
I tested, I'll be tested with uh, my the prayer partner that I have here. Yeah. And I can bend a little now. Okay. All right. So the, the pain's gone from the knee and you're able to bend more than you could before. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And Lord, just increase it in the name of Jesus. You want to try bending over? Show us. Oh, it's crouching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. Just bless you for that. God's doing something with you. Just keep thanking him. What happened to you? I've got osteoporosis and osteoarthritis right through my whole body. Okay. I'm in 24-7 pain yep. from probably the neck down. And it's in all my fingers, both thumbs and everywhere in my body. Okay. And after the prayer today, um, I can now make a fist with this right hand, whereas I could only get it about that far. Wow. So now I can actually make a fist. There's still pain there, but I would say I'd be about 50% better than I was. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God, just increase that. Increase it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're at work. You're at work. We celebrate 50%. We don't think, oh, should be 100 We just celebrate that. And we thank you, Lord, that if you started something, your word says you'll finish it. So let it come. Let it come 100%. In the name of Jesus, we speak to this body, healing in Jesus' name. Amen. And last but not least. <laughs> so I've had pain all... <laughs> down here for a few months yeah. and as she prayed I could feel it all good up here there's still a little bit there yeah. but all up here okay so you um, so you had pain moving your shoulder and stuff like yeah yeah okay so what percentage better do you think it is like 50 percent 50 percent okay we're getting 50 percenters. I think it's the story I told. Uh, we're stuck on 50%. I'll have to change the story. Come on, let's just, let's just stretch out your hand, guys, in the name of Jesus. Right now, there, just receive your healing. 100%. All the pain, go now. Let it be gone in Jesus' name. We're not just going to settle for 50, Lord. We want 100. We just release healing, anointing right now. All the pain, go in Jesus' name. We just speak healing, Holy Spirit, this entire arm, complete healing to the joint, all the pain, let it go, let it go, release healing to you, be healed in Jesus' name, he heals you, he's a good God, his love right now just sets you free, Jesus' name, you check it out, is that still 50% or is it changed? It's definitely changed, for the better we trust. Okay, so what's it up to now? There's just a tiny little bit in there. Okay, so you could put a percentage improvement on. What would we be up to now? Uh, probably 80. 80%. Okay. Should we just pray one more time? Be good, wouldn't it? Uh, all the pain, go. Complete. Not, Lord, that's last 20%. I command it to go in Jesus' name. All the pain, go now. Complete healing. I just release it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. More. More more all the pain go i release complete healing to you in the authority of jesus name oh just thank you lord for your love 
Take it all, Lord. You took it on Calvary. You took it on the cross that we could be free. All the pain. Go now. That last 20%, I speak to you. Be gone like a mountain. You go and you be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus. I command you now, go. And I release you from the pain in Jesus' name. Just check it out again. Tell me, is it still about 80 or is it better? Still about 80. Okay, we're going to stop there. And you just keep thanking the Lord because 80 is good and we're believing for 100 for you. We've had people get 80, 70, sometimes nothing. And then overnight they find that they've been completely healed. Why don't you stand to your feet and lift your hands up? And uh, remember, if you have been healed but you haven't yet testified, um, tell somebody. Our Lord, all those partial healings, we thank you for them. We thank you for the complete healings as well. Uh, And the partial ones, Lord, would you just increase, increase your healing anointing all through this room in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for everything. And Lord, I believe that having begun a good work in us, you will finish it. And just let your healing anointing just settle on every person right now. Uh, I pray for life-threatening conditions that people are believing for. Lord, would you intervene in the name of Jesus? Let there be miracles. But could you just lift your hands to the Lord? I'm going to get Greta to ask for a healing anointing to be released in our hands. Yes. Father, thank you that you've already released healing anointing in our hands. And Father, we ask for double portion. Receive double portion anointing, healing power in your hands. I release gifts of healings, gifts of miracles, and gifts of faith. In the name of Jesus, receive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, teach us how to partner with you. And and Lord, would you impart boldness for us to go and lay hands on sick people and to see them recovering the joy of seeing them being healed in the name of Jesus. How many of you felt tingling or heat in your hands just then? Just give me a little wave, often a little sign to encourage you. Amen. We're going to have, well, it'll be a 55-minute lunch break, so we'll be back at 1.30. So please go and enjoy um, your lunch. And um, I think there'll be hot drinks. Is that right, Don and Penny? They can make a hot drink there. That'll be great. Thank you.